Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Rhode Island Blood Center, Rhode Island Ballet Theater, and Mother Earth Wellness. I am your host, John Fusick. Today, we have comedian Mark Normand. Mark has made the late night rounds and has two specials currently running, Soup to Nuts on Netflix and Out to Lunch on YouTube. He is bringing his You Don't Say tour to Veterans Auditorium on Saturday, October 21st at 7 p.m. John, my apologies, I suck. I had seven things set up, and they all, one goes at the domino effect, so now we're all late. No worries, no worries, because glad you called. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. Where are you calling me from today? I'm in Midtown Manhattan at my podcast studio, and my podcast starts in 13 minutes, and then I have another one right after that, and then uh, another call, and then my wife's going to yell at me, and then I have shows at night. All right, well, we got to talk fast. Sorry. No, no worries. So, uh, I finished watching a couple of your specials. I, I got to oh, say, I, I, I enjoyed them. Oh, thanks. You pretty much are a no-holds-barred kind of comedian. You leave no stone unturned and no uh, category untouched. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclusive. <laughs> now, do you get any flack about your inclusion of everyone? All the time, and, uh, you know, to me, that's just kind of part of it. Look, Quentin Tarantino cuts people's heads off and says the N-word, and uh, we all go, people hate him for it, but uh, some people like it, so you just play to them. Now, are you one of these people who apologizes or just says, screw it, it's comedy? I, I don't even say screw it, I just keep going. I don't apologize, I, I, I don't high-five them either. The ones who do like it, I just keep writing it and keep going. And I think these people just need a hobby. You know, it's, it's a lot of people with too much time on their hands. You, you never see a roofer writing in, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always some lady with a yoga mat under her arm. So <laughs> I think people just need a, a purpose in life. I don't think they really care about just. No, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, uh, I'm a big fan of comedy, and like I like your approach to it because... The unapologetic approach because it's comedy. It's it's supposed to be funny. It's not done in any kind of meanness. It's just a joke, and people don't understand jokes anymore. I don't think. Of course, and but they understand jokes if they agree with it. You know that that's okay to be mean. You know, like hey, I hate Donald Trump, and I'm going to do a bunch of jokes about how small his hands are. They, they go, oh, that's funny, and you're like, yeah, but that's body shaming too. Right. That's funny because you agree with it. So, And I'm not a Trump guy. I'm just using that as an example. But I think people just pick and choose and they want it their way. And, and if it's, Plus, we live in a world now that's so catered. It's so curated to your Uber Eats, gluten-free. You can go on Tinder. I want this height, this weight, this color. You know, everything is exactly to your specifications. Like, comedy is not. And I think that throws people for a loop. One of the things that... Uh, I noticed about you is that there are a lot of groans in your comedy where people groan at first and then laugh. And I find I I, I kind of like that because they're like, oh, I can't believe he said that. But then they find it funny. Yeah. I mean, how does I, uh, I, I enjoy that. I mean, it, it's, it's a fun moment because they're going, oh, that's appalling. And then they go, but I still liked it. Right. You know, so it's a that's a great reaction to get. If I can get a groan to a laugh, that's a big win for me. Well, the thing that you do is a lot of what you say makes a lot of sense. If you break down a lot of your comedy, it is perfect sense. And it's not really... I mean, I, I 
you know, I could have sat there and written down every example of it, but I mean, if you just watch your comedy for five minutes, you'll get it because you make perfect sense out of the things that you say. And oh, thanks. It does. I mean, I, wow. I that's the thing. One of the things I like about comedy is that comedy is kind of philosophical, where it makes a lot of sense. It brings to light a lot of issues, but it's funny. It does it in a very light-hearted manner. But, but people who don't understand comedy just want to be, a, you know, offended by it. Of course, yeah. And I think, uh, oh shit, I lost my train of thought. But uh, what did you say again? Sorry. People just want to be offended by things, even though it's real. It what you're saying is actually oh, the truth. Yeah, yeah, the truth is what kind of bothers people because they don't get offended unless it's true. Right. But I also don't think the joke works if it's not true. Right. I'll make a, I'll fabricate a joke where I say a dog instead of a cat or a house instead of an apartment, just to kind of clean up the joke a little bit. But if the premise doesn't hold water, I don't know if it'll get a laugh at the end of the day. So, and comedy is a good way to tell the truth without getting in too much trouble. What did Oscar Wilde said? If you're going to tell the truth, you better be funny or they'll kill you. Well, the thing is, a lot of comedians have gotten in trouble lately because of you know the climate of the country is just everybody's kind of on edge about a lot of things, and it's just that you know you do. The kind of comedy that you do in this day and age is brave because that you're you're, you're speaking truth and it's just you know so many people they just I don't know I, I get I get irked by well, people easily. <laughs> well, isn't that funny that you're telling me I'm brave because I'm saying true stuff? That's not a good sign for the culture or the state of the country at, at this point, you know. Well, everybody <laughs> believes lies at this point. That's the problem. Sure. <laughs> well, they believe what they want. It's, it's a very curated society, as I said before. It um, is. It is. So, But I think people still know the truth deep down, no matter what they say. They, We all have these core beliefs, and you can see them peek out every, you know, you go, hey, uh, big is beautiful. And then you go, well, yeah, you're fat as hell. And they go, hey, what the hell? And you're like, wait, I thought it was beautiful. Right, you know, right. You get little moments of, I don't see color. And you go, well, I'm black. And they go, no, you're not. And you're like, whoa, I thought you said you didn't see color. So <laughs> they, they, they are there. You know, my, my favorite one is a Caitlyn Jenner transition. And all these women were coming out going, she's so beautiful. She's beautiful. And I was like, well, yeah, you kind of look like her. And they were like, hey, screw you. <laughs> and I'm like, but you said she was beautiful. So why is that? So it, it does peek its head out. And we all know it. But you, you gotta, you gotta, you know, go with the status quo. You gotta say the right things. You did a bit where you compared kind of gender to Coke. You know, New Coke, Coke Zero, Diet Coke, and Pepsi. Uh, that was that was an interesting comparison. Oh, thanks. That, that took forever to crack. Well, it's just it, it's well done and if you think of, that's the whole thing is you really think about what you're saying it's very accurate and it's just it maybe your comedy might go over some people's heads too some people are just i mean there are comedians out there who their whole thing is fart jokes and dick jokes and you know some mm -hmm. people that's about the level of their humor but when you have to think about humor that kind of goes above some people's heads because they don't think anything you have to think about is going to be funny i agree and I love fart jokes and dick jokes as much as the next guy. And you like queef I, jokes. I, and I love queef. You know, I love, <laughs> I love the highbrow and the lowbrow. I love the whole spectrum. But to me, if you do both, like the Simpsons TV shows, yeah, they have Homer, fat, dumb, American dad. 
and then you have these brilliant jokes as well. So dumb people and smart people both get a kick out of it. And that's kind of the, like, look at Louis C.K. You know, we all know brilliant comedian, but he's also got 20 minutes on farting and getting diarrhea, you know? Mm. So, like, well, who's to say? You know, you can do both. Right. For people's heads. Right? One of the things I noticed about you, and it's kind of a trait you have, you're always stroking your chin when you're talking, and it's like, it seems like you need to grow a beard. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely a nervous tick. That's kind of my dumb, hey, I'm thinking right now. I'm letting you know I'm pondering something, but it's, it's really just a tick. Well, it works. I mean, it, it, it works. It's kind of like, you know, everybody has, like, Sebastian Maniscalco has his, like, awkward body movements, and, you know, right, right. Bill Burr does his weird voices and his weird little kind of routines up there, and everybody's yeah. got their things, and it's kind of cool. Now, how did you get started okay. in comedy, anyway? Uh, well, let's see. I'll give you the quick version. You're in Louisiana, and you don't have an accent, either. I guess not. I grew up in the... In the the central city of New Orleans. So when you're in the city city, I feel like you kind of, you don't get that Creole country twang out there in the, in the down by the bayou. Mm, you I know, know I've met a lot of people family. from there and it's hard to understand them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy, crazy boomhauer lingo. But uh, yeah, I, I grew up in New Orleans, always loved comedy. I was rudderless, I was a drunk. I was failed out of college three different places. I had nothing going on. I said, screw it, I have zero to lose. I'll try and do an open mic. I fell in love with it. I moved to New York in eight months. I mugged a bunch of times, uh, broke, blacked out, blackout drunk. I lived way out in Brooklyn, got bed bugs, poor. <laughs> five roommates all that crap and then uh eventually started getting a little steam going and i just became addicted to it and it was the only thing in my life that was at any worth or value and i just went full steam ahead and then luckily it worked out well you've gotten the blessing of jerry seinfeld He's, he calls you one of the best up-and-coming comedians around pretty insane i mean that to, to go from where i was at an open mic in a bar in lafayette louisiana to having lunch with him is the whole thing is it, it's inconceivable Mm. Now, what is what's the deal with Kevin Hart? You kind of have these Kevin Hart jokes through <laughs> your through your stuff. Uh, well, I said it once. I used to bomb so much that I was embarrassed. I even saying, I, you know, is this like another joke? Like, okay, well, that went horribly. I'm Kevin Hart. You know, like, <laughs> screw you guys. I don't even want to say my name. I'll just mess with you even more. And then I thought, well, that's kind of funny. And then I said, I'm doing The Tonight Show next week. What if I do it on there? And that'd be really funny to do it on TV. No one's ever done that. And then it kind of stuck. And now I do it on specials, you know, TV, podcast, whatever. It worked. It's kind of like, uh, what's his name? Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If it's... It's another joke, you know. Get a joke in everywhere you can, and it's a roll. It's a long-running joke too. There you go. It's a running gag. So, what's the one question that nobody has asked you that you wish somebody would ask you? Oh, jeez. I don't want. I, I hate questions. <laughs> the other night, if somebody goes, "So, how was your trip to Europe?" and I go, "Oh, great. I love Europe," and they go. Are you going to ask me about my trip? And I was like, well, I'm just treating you the way I want to be treated. I don't want you to ask me about Europe either. <laughs> I never got those guys who were like, oh, you never asked me anything. I was being nice. I didn't want to like put you on the spot. True. So true. I hate questions. No, I don't blame you. I'm not a fan, but, you know. It's our jobs, basically. I know. get it. I get it. You're doing the Lord's work, but I think I got a skadoodle. All right. Well, uh, you're coming up to uh, Veterans Auditorium next weekend, uh, the 21st. Uh, anything you want to tell me quickly about the show? I'm, it's an honor. I've been coming to Providence for years, doing the Comedy Connection. Um, I love that city. I love that club. I love the people. 
you get that mix of New England, but smart. You got Brown University, but you also get the townies and the drunks and the, the blue collars. It's a great mishmash and uh, just great comedy crowd. So I can't wait. And I, I, the weather's getting good out here, so uh, I am pumped. All right. Well, look forward to seeing you back then. Thank you for taking the time to talk, and uh, hopefully I'll catch your show. Please come by, and sorry again about my uh, tardiness. No problem. Just glad we got to talk. Thank you, sir, and I'll see you in hell. All right. Thank you. Take care. Okie dokie. Thanks to comedian Mark Norman for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast. Mark Norman brings his You Don't Say comedy tour to Veterans Auditorium on October 21st at 7 p.m. For more... Taboo 2, thevetsri.com. That's T H E V E T S R I.com. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Rhode Island Blood Center, Rhode Island Ballet Theater, and Mother Earth Wellness. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.